Welcome to the Gracefully Refined Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Redfern, and I am so glad you decided to tune in. Here on the Gracefully Refined Podcast, I tackle topics that not only will challenge you in your Christian walk, but will also encourage, uplift, and remind you of the infinite and indescribable hope that we have through Jesus Christ. I am so excited to dive into God's Word with you. There are so many amazing truths that are still applicable in our daily lives, and I cannot wait to discuss them with you. So friend, grab your Bible and coffee, and let's get into the Word. Hey y'all, welcome back for yet another episode here on the Gracefully Refined Podcast. I am so thrilled you decided to come back and continue along with me in this series on trials. We have covered some pretty intense topics this season, and today's episode is going to be no different. Today, we are going to be looking at why community matters, what community actually is for a believer in the body of Christ, and what type of community you should avoid, as well as what scripture has to say on such matters. This one is definitely going to be diving into quite a few scriptures, so I hope you have your Bibles handy today. If not, no worries. I will be leaving all the scriptures discussed today below in the description box, so that way you can go back and study them on your own when you have time. Okay, friend, grab your Bible and coffee, and let's get into the Word. Community is so important within the lives of every Christian, as well as just about every human being. We desire and crave a deeper connection outside of ourselves. We desire friendships, better family relationships, companionship, and honestly, we crave to just be seen. Why do we desire that connection? It is because man was originally created to commune or be in community with God himself as seen in Genesis. Mankind before the fall walked and talked with God in the Garden of Eden. God desired and still does desire to have communion with his creation. However, sin separated us from this type of relationship until Jesus came down to redeem us. Once he ascended back into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to live within the lives of each Christian. And so that we could once again have this type of communion with God that had been destroyed. Community is important, not just with being in communion with God, but also with others. He created us to desire this type of relationship. As I prepared for this topic, I came across several psychological studies that wanted to see how people going through different traumas healed from it. Their hypothesis was that the ones who healed and were able to move past their trauma were the ones who had taken medicine or the ones who had experienced a lesser trauma as compared to some of the others. By the end of the study, they were shocked to find that the level of degree and severity of trauma was not the cause of one's healing, but rather their support system or community. Those who had a community to support them and help them through their trauma were the ones that were able to find joy after the time of grieving was over. Those who did not have a community or support system were the ones who stayed drowning in the results of their trauma. They were more likely to experience depression, develop PTSD, as well as have thoughts of self-harm, if not many attempts. The study made this point about having a good system 
of support throughout traumatic events. Social support helps the one going through the trauma to cope with stress, reduces the consequences of trauma-induced disorders, improves motivation, as well as behaviors and choices. Friend, having a support system to go through both the good times and the bad times matters. Even in the secular world, community matters. As someone who has battled PTSD, depression, and anxiety, I've mentioned that several times throughout this season, I can honestly say that it was when I opened up to someone outside of myself that I truly began to heal. And yes, like my reliance on God through those times was as equally, if not more important, but so were the counselors that opened up their doors to allow me to grieve and process and cope with what I'd been through. However, in order to better know how to build your community, we need to know who deserves a seat at our community table. If you have your Bibles with you, we are going to be reading through several passages about what good and wholesome community really looks like within Scripture. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-10 through 10 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Psalm 133, 1. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Matthew eighteen nineteen through 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. Romans fifteen five through 7 May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another and according with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Friend, community is meant to strengthen us in so many ways. We were created for community with God, but he also created us to have community with others. The right community will uplift, be prayerful, and intercede on others' behalfs. Sharpen each other and push us further into the arms of God instead of pull us away. This is the community that we need to be striving to be in the midst of. A community that glorifies God as a whole and helps one another through our weakest moments. It is a community that grows together and desires above all else to be in God's will. This kind of community is a threat to Satan and his diabolical plans. It is why Satan has done his very best to destroy community. The devil can be in church, friends. His influence can be disguised as something or someone that appears to be God-honoring, but in fact is trying to cause dissension and create rifts. Satan knows the scriptures. He also knows that the stronger the body of Christ is, the weaker his effects are on God's children. 
So what better way to disrupt their unity than in trying to separate them and cause problems? This is why, as a community, dear friends, we need to be on guard and notice when he is trying to cause rifts, or as we might say, drama. It is also for this reason that we need to be uplifting one another and try to help those who may be newer in the faith in the ways that God would desire for them to learn how to live. Community can be a strong weapon against the enemy, friends. But... On the flip side, we can also choose the wrong type of community. And the Bible is very clear about avoiding or being weary of this type of community. Let's look at a few of the verses about bad community or company and see the warning signs that we should look out for. Proverbs thirteen twenty, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight, a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Proverbs twenty nineteen, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets; therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Psalm twenty six four through five, I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. Jeremiah 14, 14. And then the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you in a lying vision, worthless divination and deceit of their own minds. Jeremiah 23, 16-18 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, It shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, No disaster shall come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word, or has paid attention to his word and listened? Second Timothy 4, 3-4 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to truth and wander off into myths. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Romans 16.17 I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. These are just a few examples given within the scriptures. There are many more I could have mentioned. However, I believe that these hit most of the points of what God tells us to be cautious of. False teachers or those who claim that they are teaching God's word but instead are really preaching their own agendas. Gossipers or those who babble to only stir up trouble. 
those who create divisions, hypocrites, or those who act one way in front of others in a totally different way when in a different environment, those who are unequally yoked, as well as those who only desire to satisfy their own desires versus the pursuit of what God has for them. Now, I want to be very, very clear about something. We, as the body of Christ, are called to disciple others, lead others to Christ, as well as be examples to those who do not follow him. This is our calling as believers. But we should have our strongest communion with believers because in that space, we are edified, uplifted, and sharpened. If we are only ever surrounded by those who do not wish to propel us further into God's will for our lives, we can begin to be deceived and slowly slip away from Christ. It is for this reason we are warned to avoid or be careful around certain types of people and situations. This doesn't mean that we should not be Christ-like towards these people, but just that we should be careful of allowing them into our most intimate circles. Not everyone has the desire to see you grow, but rather can be fueled by their own selfish desires and actually desire to see separation within the community. Be careful, dear friend, of those who try to isolate you from those who truly push you into a greater relationship with Christ. Be careful and do not participate in a group of gossipers or slanderers, for there cannot be true friendship or trust within those circles. I once found myself in a group of people in a church that where they pretended to all be friends and then secretly one by one, they would all speak ill of each other behind their backs. It caused me to become insecure and wonder what sort of things they were saying behind my back when I wasn't in the room. This also made it very difficult for me to trust any church community because what they were saying versus what I saw outside of the church of building was very, very different than what they were within the church building. This sort of community is toxic and it does not uplift and can only cause dissension, strife, and heartache. While I use this just as an example, I want to be very clear that I do pray for each of those people constantly. But I have distanced myself from their circles because I found it caused me more pain and insecurity. And it pushed me further from Christ. And I became someone who I didn't recognize or even like. Versus being uplifted and challenged as I continued to walk in my faith with Christ within friendships in the community I now have. Finding your community is important, dear friends. Choosing the right type of community is even more important. In the right communities, when trials of many kinds hit, you will find that you are not alone and are actually covered in prayer versus being the center of vicious gossip and just another talking point. Your community could be your church family, friends, or even your nuclear family. However, you can also find bad community within these same groups. Just because they are family does not mean you have to put up with slander, abuse, or even trusting them, especially if their motives are to hurt you, belittle you, or even push you further from Christ. It is the same with other relationships as well. Your church community should be one whose goal is to teach the true teachings of Christ and not to push their own desires or selfish agendas. It should not be about putting on a good performance, but rather diving deep into the works of Christ. Your friendships should be edifying and iron sharpening and not isolating or dissentive. 
If you've not found this type of community, I pray that God would open up the doors in your life for you to find it. I pray for God honoring friendships, family relationships, as well as having a church family. I pray that you would be encouraged and brought closer to our Heavenly Father through these relationships. I also pray that if there is anything that is not God-honoring or glorifying in your life, that He would rid you of those things and bring you to the right community that will help you grow in these areas. Most of all, I pray that your communities would be strengthened as you go through life together and possibly as you each go through trials of your own. There is nothing better than knowing that those you love and admire are there with you through the darkest seasons of your life. Find a good community, friends. Find one that leads you closer to Christ, and I promise you will never regret being in the midst of community. That is that. Thank you for tuning in to the Gracefully Refined Podcast. I hope that through this episode, you were challenged, encouraged, and reminded of the infinite and indescribable hope that is found in Jesus, our Savior. If you do not follow me on social media, you can find me on Instagram under the handle Morgan Redfarin. That is spelled M-O-R-G-A-N-E-R-E-D-F-E-R-I-N, where I post Jesus-loving content even more. I pray you have an incredible rest of your week and I will see you in the next episode.